0: Hi, I'm Rick Tittle, and this is the Rick Tittle Podcast on the 8-Side Network. Join me as I get busy with the biggest names in sports and entertainment. Pleasure to welcome back to the show uh, veteran Staff Sergeant Travis Mills, who uh, nearly 10 years ago lost his life, uh, a quadruple uh, amputee, and uh, on April 10th, Will be his alive day. That will be the ten uh, year anniversary. Sergeant, welcome back to the uh, show. Tell us a little bit more of the alive day and and how you celebrate that.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for having me. I'll be honest with you. I'm just living my best life over here, eating sweet hot beef jerky and drinking Jocko Goes like a champion. <laughs> but uh, so the alive. Sorry, I'm always full of energy. I apologize. Um, so the alive day, right? The alive day is something that I didn't want to celebrate. They told me what a alive day was. I wasn't really into it. My birthday's actually April 14th, so I was like, I'll just celebrate my birthday, the day that I was actually like alive, if you will. Mm-hmm. And as the years progressed, right, as the years progressed, um, I started to really appreciate the Alive Day more, which is the day that I was blown up where I did, you know, suffer uh, my injury of losing both arms and both legs. And, like, the first couple years, you know, uh, I didn't talk about it, didn't even bring it up. The next few years, I told people, like, no, no, don't worry about it, like, don't celebrate it. And I would, I would kind of get angry, to be honest with you. And not at them, because they're just trying to do the right thing, but it's more anger that I have an a day. And then, you know, year six, year seven, year eight, I started to really realize how fortunate I was to have an alive day and how grateful and thankful I truly was that I was able to still be around. Um, I have a wonderful wife of 14 years uh, this June. You know, I have two beautiful children. Uh, my daughter was six months old, and I got blown up, and now she's 10. And my son, he wasn't, you know, he didn't exist until four years ago. Um, and the fact that I have the Alive Day makes it possible for me to have all these blessings in life. So, so yeah, I think it, it was a, it's a range of emotions um, for what it is. And for me, it was just um, at first I didn't want to talk about it, celebrate it, bring it up. And now it's like, yeah, I mean, I don't do anything special for that day. I call my buddy Scott tell I have birthday. But I'm grateful that I have an Alive Day instead of having a uh, ceremony on the day I died with my uh, family, you know, in attendance and, and me uh, looking down, hopefully looking down.
0: When you put your backpack on an IED, got all your limbs blown off, survived, you know, miraculously, at that point, no one was going to tell you, hey, you're going to be jumping on a trampoline, you're going to have another kid. I mean, how 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 did you fight through the all is lost emotion that anybody would have?
1: You know, I, uh, I credit a lot of that. I mean, my wife is an absolute saint. I told her she should take what we have and leave. Mm. And... You know, it wasn't that I didn't want to be married anymore. It was just, you know, the way I can best summarize it is when you have a baby, you know what you're getting yourself into. You know you're going to change a diaper. You're going to be up late. You're going to feed that baby, dress that baby. Well, when you have a husband that's 25 years old that has no arms, no legs, you've never signed up to have a guy that you're going to have to help feed and help take showers and things like that. And I didn't want to be a burden. That was never what I want to be. So I said, I don't want to be a burden. Take what we have and go. And she's like, that's not how this works. We're going to do this together. You know, and then I also had a six-month-old little girl that just was looking at me. And I had to be her father. There was no way around it. Like, that's my duty. And I just, I credit all my successes, um, you know, to my daughter being there and pushing me and learning how to walk at the same time. I learned how to walk. I mean, really neat stuff, honestly. And when I take it back, 100%, I take it back. With all the good I've done with the foundation and all that. I would go back to having arms and legs in a heartbeat. But that's not the life I live. And I think it really took having the support of my wife, my daughter, my parents, my in-laws, you know, my my buddies all rallying around me to get me where I am today.
0: Travis Mills org. Check out the site. Tell us a little bit more about what you do, Sergeant.
1: Yes, sir. So what we do is we bring out combat and disabled injured veterans and their families, and we show them how to do things adaptively. I had a big retreat facility that we... um, rehabbed and built and now we've grown to be one of the top 25 vso's in the nation and we bring out eight families per week that's as big as we're ever going to get we uh do up to like uh, over 200 uh, families a year and we just broke ground and we're in the middle of building a facility that will help us do 42 to 45 weeks out of the year of families and on top of that everywhere i i'm motivational and keynote speaker i go to corporate events all over the nation And when I used to go speak and talk about the foundation, they'd say, what do you do for post-traumatic stress? And I had no answer except for go check out this program, Warrior Path. It's amazing. Well, Warrior Path got a grant, and they expanded and had 10 more places that they could operate, and we became a partner with them. So now we actually have a post-traumatic stress program for combat veterans as well as first responders. And it's free to any of them that want to sign up. So if anybody out there listening wants to know more about this program, please visit TravisMillsFoundation.org. Not everybody knows someone like me with no arms and legs with the physical injuries but you know people go through post-traumatic stress and i will do anything i can to help anybody i can um as much as i can
0: yeah opening a seven million dollar health and wellness center this year outstanding and the other thing is too is a a guy who loves military history i have so much respect for the all-americans 82nd airborne the maroon the maroon berets fort bragg i mean how cool is it to be in that unit
2: well, I always tell people it was the greatest
1: division ever known to mankind, um, 100%. <laughs> and, um, you know, it, it's historic. I, I chose to go to the 82nd. They let us choose what unit we wanted to go to, and I was like, oh, 82nd all the way, for sure. And I loved it. I drank the Kool Aid, as they, they say. Oh, you drink the Kool Aid. You know, we have higher standards than the rest of the military, mm-hmm. um, you know, does with the 82nd Airborne Division. And we really do, uh, you know, we do live, eat, sleep, and breathe the airborne, you know, mentality. And I'm okay with saying that, because I don't feel bad about it, you know? I was 10 foot tall, and I was bulletproof, just not bomb-proof, apparently, you know? <laughs> but I just got rid of the weak parts of me. I kept the
2: good stuff.
0: What is it when you're doing a motivational speech, and you're talking to people who are like, oh my gosh, my life is so terrible, I have 100 emails to answer, and you're like, hello, that ain't tough?
1: No, I let them have it. I let them have it, because here's the thing, right? My wife... Sometimes she gets a little bit offended um, or upset when people like, complain about stuff, and she's like, you got to be kidding me. How can you get like, complain about that? Mm-hmm. And I'm like, their biggest problem in their life is their biggest problem, right? They didn't go through what I went through, so how am I going to sit here and make them feel bad for the situation that you know they're going through? Now, 100 emails, yeah, it's a little bit, little bit you know, light on the complaint side of my book, but, uh, but at the same time, if I can help anybody, that's what I'm going to do. So, I just tell people, "Look, our problems you know don't outweigh each other's. we all go through life, and we try to get better and do the best thing possible that we can and if there's anything that I can do to help them you know better their life or you know extend their their knowledge on how to get through things i'll do it so so, yeah, I mean <laughs> you know I, I had to realize that because I, I don't want to compare myself to other people because not not a lot of people have my story, but then you meet people that have fought through cancer four times or had a horrible car accident and they were paralyzed you know, on the left side of their body for three years and they learned how to walk again. And looking at them, you have no idea with what they've been through. And then they tell you and your jaw just drops. You're like, wow, that's amazing. So I realized real quick I don't ever downplay anybody, what they're going through. Their biggest problem is their biggest problem. And if I can help them, I'm going to do it.
0: And finally, for for people who don't know, um, when you guys were in like Afghanistan and you were literally building schools, you were digging wells to get fresh water, um, trying to keep the the people who were not being poisoned by the the Taliban. You guys weren't just there sitting in a, uh, you know, FOP on a saw gun. You guys were doing a lot of humanitarian work.
1: Oh, absolutely. We were out there, and, you know, that's the thing. The Taliban, um, who I guess are the good guys now or something, I don't know. Um, but
2: the, the Taliban, <laughs> sorry, I know, I know, shots fired.
1: But the Taliban didn't want the education, because education is power. Yeah. And they didn't want the females to learn. So we, you know, built schools, and we dug those wells for fresh drinking water. I mean, there's huge initiatives out there that people, you know, probably don't even know about, like, for to have fresh drinking water for people. Like, that, you know, we're very blessed here in the U.S., um, you know, in other modern societies, they have fresh drinking water. And, you know, we do all that stuff. And the day that I got blown up, we got a call from a village elder who was asking for some help. And they did that a lot. So we said, yeah, we'll be there. We're your counterpart. We're here to help you. And I just happened to, you know, hit a bomb. A lot of my unit um, actually was blown up. Like, we were in a really bad, bad zone. Um, it was unfortunate. But, but you know, like I said, I, I don't dwell on what happened to me. Um, what happened to me is, is over, right? Those days are done. But I do reminisce what i had and i miss the military i miss the, the camaraderie mm-hmm. i miss the, the the feeling you get when you're in a firefight as weird as that sounds mm-hmm. and i would go back i would go back to it you know but at the end of the day i can't and i realized that so i just accept hey look this is me and i'll make the best of my life because i was given that opportunity I mean, memorial day is coming up you know and those those brave souls did not get the opportunity to keep pushing forward and keep driving, and that's where the big difference is, where people are like, man, I don't know how you do it,
2: yeah.
0: or
1: I don't know if I could push through like I, that. I don't, I
0: don't know how to... you do it, too, and I'm, i i got to cut you off because we're going to a break, oh, yeah. but TravisMillsFoundation.org. Hey, man, you're an inspiration, and thanks for everything. I appreciate it.
1: Yeah, sorry about the long-winded.
0: No, thing. no, no, it's all me. <laughs> thanks, buddy. All right, everybody, Staff Sergeant Travis Mills. You're listening to the Rick Tittle Podcast on the 8Side Network. Stay tuned for more. Thank you for that. And welcome back to the show. Rick Tittle with you, Coast to Coast and Around the World on the American Forces Radio Network. And speaking of that, it's our pleasure to welcome to the show Joe Reagan from Wreaths Across America. Uh, and today is Vietnam Veterans Day. And um, uh, Joe is here to talk about getting National, National Senate Bill 20, uh, 2571 signed. This was recognized. Uh, contributions to the vietnam war and getting some names on that vietnam war memorial in washington dc which i've been to and it's a uh it's a very powerful uh monument Uh, joe welcome to the show tell us a little bit more about what uh what's going on today
2: absolutely well thank you rick for having me and thanks for sharing this this really important story you know when we you know as a as a veteran of of the post 9-11 era um you know, I'd, I'd say all the time, you know, the, the benefits that we have as veterans today, especially a younger generation of veterans like myself, um, are, are largely in part to the advocacy of of those veterans that serve in Vietnam and Korea. Uh, and I'm so extraordinarily grateful not only for the service of, of those men and women that served uh, during the Vietnam era and before, um, but for, the, for their continued service to support our, our veterans. And, and this day is, is really a day for them. Um, you know, the, the bill that you're talking about is, is in relation to... Um, uh, an event called the Tiger Flight 739, and this was a flight in 1962 that was headed for Vietnam that um, uh, disappeared uh, as it was going over the South Pacific. And um, these were uh, men and women. There were some, there were some women on the, the flight crew um, that were on a mission that, that has really never been talked about or shared with the families of those individuals. Uh, because they never made it, made it to their destination, Vietnam, uh, their sacrifice has never been included uh, as part of the, the Vietnam Wall, and, and uh, you know their families, uh, of course, have always sought that closure. And when our founder of least Across America, Moral Worcester, heard this story the first time, uh, he said, "Well, we're gonna we'll build our own wall, and we'll put their names there." And to see the impact that that had on on the families uh, of these 93 service members, and then the additional crew that were on board, um, and then the will to them. And I know many of them uh, you know, really want to see those names included, along with the, the over 58,000 uh, men and women uh, who are enshrined on the Vietnam Memorial um, for their service and sacrifice that they've made through the, the Vietnam conflict.
0: Well, we all know as things were getting ramped up through several uh, presidential administrations in Southeast Asia, when President Kennedy uh, greenlit a clandestine mission like this, normally you would think it would be something with you know uh maybe special forces or somebody here or there, but this is over a hundred Americans uh, on this plane. Do we know what it was all about or speculate? No,
2: quite frankly, we don't. Um, if you look at the backgrounds of the of the men uh, that were that were on that mission that were destined to do the mission in Vietnam, um, you know they had a, a variety of, of of different skills and came from a variety of different backgrounds. Uh, many of them did have uh, ranger training. Uh, so we could, we could presume that um, they would be working with the, the Vietnamese counterparts there uh, for some sort of a, a special mission. And, then, of course, during the, the early 60s, uh, much of what was happening in, in Vietnam in terms of American presence was the advising and training component of that. So we can probably assume it has something to do with that, but the, the specifics um, have really never been shared.
0: Why do you think they're not included? Uh, it was because it was clandestine or because it was just forgotten to history?
2: Um, it's probably a little bit of both. And, and I think a lot of it also comes down to just the way that, um, the initial congressional authorization for who would be included on the wall was, was written. Um, you know, obviously there is, there was never any trace of the flight found. So after the flight went down, uh, on the evening of, of March 16th, um, they conducted a thorough search of the area south of, uh, uh, Guam. Uh, where they believed the flight went down, but they never found any wreckage or any evidence of the, the flight whatsoever. Uh, and so that kind of complicated things as, as well. Um, obviously, the families were notified that their loved ones had been missing, um, but why, why, what, where they were or what flight they were on, uh, that information had, had never really been
0: shared. I just think about the red tape, too. Is, uh, when, when my dad passed away in December, uh, he's buried in a national cemetery, and the even though we, we said what it was supposed to be, it said Lieutenant J.G. He was a lieutenant commander in the Navy. So now he has to get a new headstone. So I just think about the rigmarole that my family had to go through for that. I can't even imagine trying to get somebody to say, you know, my my loved one died in a clandestine mission. No one knows what happened. No one knows what, what they were doing. I can't believe how like, impossibly hard that would be to cut through all that red tape in Washington.
2: Absolutely. You know, and, and, and you know, the families have been so persistent over the over the years um, you know, when we at Race Across America were able to, to establish this monument to honor them at our headquarters uh, in Columbia Falls, Maine, um, you know, it really reignited them. I and mean, this is, uh, I mean, this is something that happened 60 years ago. Uh, so you can imagine, you know, these are um, not a, not a lot of parents are left. These are these are brothers and sisters, uh, nieces, nephews. Um, that that are carrying on this legacy, and I, and I think that's where at Reach across America. This became so important to us, was um, that's that's what our our mission is all about—to you know, remember, honor, and, and teach, um, and to be having the opportunity to help these families uh, share that that story of their loved ones. The little bit that we do now um, is is so incredibly important and so incredibly rewarding uh, to be able to to work with um, you know work with these families and, and to hear. Uh, not just about how their loved ones died, but more importantly, how they
0: lived. And we can all write to our senators uh, for this as well. And uh, I know Senator Gary Peters uh, introduced this uh, bill, and we've got some support from New Hampshire, Tennessee, uh, Michigan uh, as well. But I'm sure there's a lot of pushback when you when someone in Washington will say, you know, we've got much bigger problems to deal with than something like this. And it's good to see that some of these uh, senators are embracing this.
2: Absolutely. You know, and I think, you know, having worked in the Veterans Affairs space for as long as I have, uh, you know, supporting uh, uh, the men and women that have served us is, is an area that, that thankfully has continued to keep, you know, pretty broad support across the American population. And this is, you know, to be, to give people an opportunity to, to hear the stories of, of the men that were on board uh, the, the Tiger flight. You know, this is, is just a great opportunity to come back. And, and I think that that's, when we look at and explore our personal connections to the military, and you mentioned your father served, and I'm very grateful for your family's um, service. Um, you know less than seven percent of Americans uh, have served in the United States military at any at any point in their lives. Um, and I mean it's it's increasingly difficult sometimes for people to make that that connection to our military, to our veteran community um, and that makes understanding the unique challenges that our, our military members, our service members, our veterans, their families are experiencing. Um, so to be able to share that with you know, the general public, to share these stories, uh, to create a better understanding of, of the sacrifice that's been made uh, to make sure that we have the freedom that we have, um, you know, that's not only just something that, that I think is, is, is interesting history, but um, you know, really a way for us to remind ourselves how connected we are as Americans and how we can, you know, by engaging in, in, in pride of our country, in pride of our, our military, um, you know, that can be the uniting factor that, that brings us together. And I, I can't think of a better day to be sharing that story with your listeners uh, than today on, on Vietnam Veterans Day.
0: Before we let you go, tell people more about Wreaths Across America because it is a 501c3 nonprofit.
2: Absolutely. And, I, and I, it's, a, it's, it's an organization that's near and dear to my, not just my heart but so many others. Um, you know, our mission to remember, honor, and teach um, people think of us usually, uh, you know, come December, the annual replaying at um, uh, at Arlington National Cemetery, but this is an organization that, that last year we laid wreaths at um, uh, over 2.4 million wreaths at over uh, 3,100 locations across the country. Um, this is an organization that brings communities together to, you know, help share the stories of, of, of sacrifice and service of our, our military members, veterans, and their families, um, and also is able to provide back. We've got... Um, to date, we've given over $17 million back to support living veterans and communities across the country, which is something I'm tremendously proud of.
0: Well, I want to remind everybody uh, to uh, get on board with this. It's uh, it's very important. We're speaking with uh, Joe Reagan. It is National Senate Bill 2571 to get uh, the people who made that sacrifice on the Flying Tiger Line Flight 739 on the Vietnam Wall. It was hard enough just to get that Vietnam uh, veterans Wall built, when you have an unpopular war and people hold it against the, the people who were sent there, even though they didn't make the policy. So for, to help out online, where can we go, Joe?
2: Well, you can always, of course, learn more about uh, what we've done uh, locally at Rees Across America by going to reesacrossamerica.org. Uh, and as you mentioned, of course, uh, you can always reach out to your local congressional representatives and, and, and share this story as well.
0: All right, uh, Joe Reagan, Rees Across America, good stuff. Thanks for all you're doing, Joe.
2: Well, thank you, Rick. Thanks for letting us share the story.
0: This has been the Rick Tittle Podcast on the Eight Side Network.